For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome into this week's edition of Believe in Tobacco Road on the Believe Podcast Network, the Believe, uh, the network for professionals. Ryan Stone here with you this week for episode four. Joined in this week by another voice from Tobacco Road. It's the voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Stan Cotton. Uh, Stan, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, during, uh, obviously, what's been a, uh, a rough few months for, uh, for all of us that, uh, that love sports, but uh, glad to have you on with me today. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I've been doing this a long time, and this takes the cake now. I have not yeah. experienced anything like this, uh, seen anything like this, or uh, in my nightmares dreamt of anything this bad. But uh, hopefully we're a few, weeks, a few weeks away from getting back at it. We'll see. Uh, and just to, uh, to start out, that was, that was kind of where I wanted to start. Uh, you mentioned hopefully we're a few weeks away. Just kind of, I, I guess, what's kind of maybe the feeling around uh, Wake Forest in, in terms of, whether we're actually going to get to have a, a college football season this fall? Well, I think probably Wake's like any other campus, Ryan. I think it's, there, there's a lot of, you know, guarded optimism. I think what you have to do is, is, is plan on going full bore, uh, playing all your games and, and going from there. And then if, you know, if, if that happens not to be the case, then you kind of back up as you have to. But, um, in terms of, of getting ready to play before anything's announced officially, you just go with it, right? So I think, you know, Wake's not unlike uh, most other teams in the ACC, certainly hoping uh, that when the league comes out in a couple of weeks or so and, and kind of gives the marching orders that, that uh, will be full bore. However, I think probably most people don't think that, you know, a full season is going to happen. Uh, how many games? I have no idea. You, you know, it will change depending on whom you talk to. So, I, I'm I'm guardedly optimistic. Uh, I think a lot of good things have to happen in a hurry for us to have a full season. And again, we just uh, you know all of us have to kind of sit back and wait and see what uh, shakes out. Yeah, it's got to hurry up and wait. That's what it's been for the last uh, the yeah. last few months. Uh, no question about it. Uh, I, I guess uh, I, I know that they've started you know, bringing some of the athletes. Uh, back to campus there at, at, at Wake. Uh, I guess uh, as far as you know, what's kind of been that, you know, what's, what's that process, I guess, been like for the, uh, for the athletic program? 
Well, I think Wake's done a really nice job with uh, John Curry at the helm, of course, uh, getting this done. Uh, Wake for a long time has had a COVID kind of a, a task force in the athletic department. They've been keeping everybody up to date on a daily basis with regard to, you know, what's going on nationally, what's going on locally, all the way down to what's what's going on uh, on campus. So uh, tip of the cap to, to John Curry for getting that started uh, months ago. Uh, and as far as the athletes they, at Wake Forest, they've been kind of phasing them in. Uh, you know, the, the first group was was those who were maybe needing a lot of medical attention. Maybe they've had off-season surgeries, things like that. The next wave was, you know, those who live around the area uh, and could get here rather easily. And so they just kind of, you know, stepped it a little bit at a time, working toward getting everybody back and, and you know, tested and, and working out and, and ready to go. Yeah, certainly, uh, like you said, they've done a good job of that. We, we touched on, you know, you touched on a little bit already how the – how the schedule might be altered. I, I know the ACC only idea has been has been floated, and I, I've even seen you know some like some pod ideas uh, as well. If it went to a conference only schedule, uh, what impact do you think that would have on Wake and I guess just on the conference in general? Yeah, you know it, that's that's a great question, and, and I don't think you know a lot of opinions probably flo- floating around out here. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, that would be certainly unprecedented. Uh, it would, you'd have uh, not one, but probably several asterisks in the uh, record books for, for, you know, years down the road when, when people look back at 2020 and uh, try to get their, their head around it. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I think if they can get any games played, and get them done where everyone stays healthy and all those types of things, uh, any games will be good. You know, yeah. I, I, I really think that. Um, but, you know, you can't – I think you have to make that decision, you know, how many games have to be played before it's worth playing them. You know, what's what's the magic number? Is it is it six? Is it eight? You know, what is it? Uh, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that, and I haven't seen really a lot of – uh, ideas about that floaty, you know, what's, what, what, what is a number we have to get to before it makes sense to, to really try and do this. So uh, can we start? Uh, I think maybe rather than trying to start it all in September, you know, maybe we hold off until November, December uh, and, and do that. I, you know, with regard to uh, academic schedules and, and and all those types of things. I'm not sure how those all of those moving parts uh, would fit, but I think you know certainly there are a lot of smarter folks than I am that, that are putting their heads together on this. And and I think the goal ought to be. I'm not sure we can play in the spring. I'm not sure how that would uh, you know affect a, a season right around the corner, the 2021 season. A lot of health issues uh, involved with that, but you know, how late can we start to make it beneficial? And I think, you know, in some way, shape, or form, if we can get a season in of however many games that is that makes sense, it will it will be good and it will be beneficial uh, not only to the league, but certainly the individual schools. And, you know, because there are so many moving parts, so many ripples in the pond uh, that affect so many different people from the student-athletes to the coaches, obviously, 
all the way down to the the, the workers at the stadiums and all, and all of that. So uh, there there are an awful lot of again, as I've said, moving parts to this. And if we can find a way to to get it done in a meaningful and safe way, I sure hope we can uh, we can do that. Yeah, certainly the uh, the case again. Talking to Stan Cotton, the uh, longtime voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons with uh, with Learfield IMG. Uh, as we mentioned, the schedule thing. I know one game. And it's kind of, you know, I talked to Jones Angel about this a couple of weeks ago. It's kind of wonky if you went conference only because you'd have situations where, like, a Wake Forest would still be able to travel to, to Florida State. But then you would lose a game with App State that's an yeah. hour and a half away. So, I mean, yeah. and I, think that, I think that App State, I mean, I live in Winston-Salem too. So, I, I, think the, I think that App State game is a game that – I think that would be a tough loss in this area because you have so many App State alumni, and I think that that's kind of a would be a really interesting matchup. I think. Absolutely, I I think you're you're spot on with that, Ryan. I think, you know, it is a, a little quirky to think that the Dicks could get on an airplane and 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 fly several states away, but but not be able to play Appalachian State, where you can, you know, one team can get on a bus in an hour and twenty minutes, you're you're at the other place. Um, and without question, the, the Wake-Appalachian game has huge local interest uh, for both Appalachian State fans and, and Wake Forest fans. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of different ways to look at it, to, to, to try and figure it out. Um, but, yeah, the, to, to lose that Appalachian game would, would, would certainly not be good and the potential of maybe losing – uh, a game with Notre Dame, if that part of it can't be uh, figured out, you know, Wake and, and, and the Irish supposed to play down in Charlotte. Uh, so if that by some way got, got lost, that would not be good either. So, uh, you know, just everywhere you turn there, there are roadblocks and uh, whether or not we can get uh, past them all again is, is the big question. Yeah. I, speaking of scheduling nightmares, uh, Notre Dame is as a real as a real nightmare on their hands with the not being in a conference at the uh, at the moment potentially so uh, that's something that'll certainly be interesting to watch as well uh, but but turning away from doom doom and gloom uh, what, what do you uh, what I guess what's your overall uh, perception of what Wake Forest brings back this season from what was a pretty good year uh, last year yeah I think uh, you know had Wake not suffered, and any team could say this, right? But but Wake really suffered some uh, critical injuries, and they're late in the season. Didn't have a couple of their bell cows on the field, uh, most notably Sage Surratt at receiver, who is just one of the more dynamic players in all of college football. When he had it going uh, in the fall and uh, last fall, before getting hurt, and then Justin Sternad on the defensive side was just a terrific, terrific player. Uh, and both of those guys great in the locker room and all that. So, um, but, you know, it's interesting. I've been looking at all the the uh, position groups, you know, individually and looking at all the players that, that Wake's got coming back. And I think you, uh, you take a look at that and you get pretty excited about it. You say, oh, my gosh, if we lose 2020, you know, it, you might lose an opportunity uh, – for Wake to have a really good season, you've got a, a quarterback coming back, not the one everybody thought was coming back yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in Jamie Newman, but you got a guy in Sam Hartman who's proven not only can he start, but he can win games, right? Uh, uh, and so he and Sage Surratt uh, offensively, and then a lot of depth along the defensive front and at linebacker too on, on that side of the ball. And 
uh, you know, a guy that set an NCAA record in, in terms of place kicking last year. So you got offense, defense, kicking game where you can really highlight some some outstanding players and you get kind of excited about it. So, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I really think, you know, if 2020 is played and I've, I've got both my hands, my fingers crossed right now, I, I think Wake could have a really good year. Yeah, certainly the case. I think I was looking at Phil Steele's uh, magazine. I got that in the mail yesterday, actually. And uh, he, I think eight eight defensive starters back off for uh, for the Demon Deacons. So certainly uh, a lot to be excited about. Uh, what is it about uh, about Coach Clawson that's allowed him to have the success he's had uh, there at Wake Forest? You think? Yeah, he is just uh, the perfect fit. You know, he uh, has an academic background. He went to Williams College. Uh, was a football and a basketball player, so a great athlete. So he gets that part of it. But he gets the academic side, uh, too. And some of his stops before coming to Wake Forest were at academic places, uh, most notably, I would, I would guess, Richmond and Fordham. But, you know, he, he, he gets both sides of the equation. So he can go into a living room with a mom and a dad and an athlete and talk to them about uh, the importance of a degree uh, can use the fact that, you know, Wake Forest is a top 30 academic institution to his advantage. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at that and think, uh, well, it's going to be hard to get kids into Wake Forest, but you get them into Wake Forest and you, you get them in that can play ACC football, it's a great combination. And I think that, that uh, Dave, uh, Dave Clawson and his, almost said Dave Odom there, but uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave Clawson and his staff have really – uh, been kind of on a roll these last three to five years with, with regard to recruiting and, and, and finding those very special young men who can not only uh, play a high, high level of football, uh, but also do well on the academic side at a place like Wake Forest, which we all know is, isn't easy. So um, if you've got smart young men playing at a high level, then uh, that, that's going to bode well for you. And I think that's what uh, Dave Clawson has done. I, I, again, I think he's just the, the right coach at, at the right time with the perfect understanding of both academics and football to make it work. Yeah, certainly the, uh, the case. Uh, spe speaking of perfect fits and, and hires, uh, big hire over the summer with, uh, with Steve Forbes uh, getting hired to, uh, to come coach the, uh, the basketball team. Just kind of what, you know, from the reaction, you know, that you've heard from the athletic department, maybe interactions you've had with him and from fans as well. What do you think has been the uh, the overall perception of that hire? Well, I think it's been very, very positive. I really do. Uh, he's he's a, a guy that I think anybody who knows anything about basketball, you understand that Steve Forbes can coach, right? I mean, this guy uh, can, can flat out get it done. You simply look at his record and you, you scratch your head. I mean, you just there there's no argument to the fact that uh, he's a really, really high-level basketball coach. Now, he's got to get the players in, right? That, that will be uh, job one for him is, is uh, to, to be successful in recruiting. I think uh, so far, uh, having spoken to him a couple of times about it, um, he feels really, really good about some of the inroads that they've already made. And uh, you know, he, he's not one that, that makes excuses. I like that about him. He says, look, we're, we want to come in and win now. We don't, we don't want to come in and say, you know what, this is going to be a kind of a two to, to three year deal. We, we want to come in and compete and, and, and win now. And so I, you, you got to like and respect that attitude first. And, 
then, you know, as long as he gets players in that can play, you know, the Deeks will be okay. And I think he's given every indication at every place he's been prior to, to Wake Forest uh, that he can recruit and he can get quality basketball players. Um, so, uh, again, I, just being – have not met him personally, uh, but have been involved with him uh, on a couple of these Zoom calls, things like that, and I just – feel really, really good about him, uh, really down to earth. I think he is – you, you kind of get what you see. There are no hidden agendas with, with yeah. Steve Forbes. And I, I think he, he could uh, – just like Dave Clawson, I really think he could be really the, the, the perfect fit right now in, in, in getting weight back to some, some solid footing in basketball. He's kind of, I mean, he's got kind of a blue collar background to an extent mm-hmm. in the you know, fact that he came from the Juco ranks and did so well there and then East Tennessee and then now to, to Wake Forest. And I think that's a good marriage with Wake. I mean, you obviously, I would say it's a high top notch, you know, academic school, but it just in terms of when Wake's been at their best, they've been able to get those guys that they've, they've gotten, you know, guys like Chris Paul and Tim Duncan, who they <laughs> found in the Virgin Islands, obviously, but it's been a lot of blue collar guys that have really kind of been, uh, the backbone of that program when they've been so good. Yeah, and I think he's a player's coach, uh, from what I understand. And, you know, I'm from Tennessee, so once uh, uh, Wake hired Steve Forbes, I got all the uh, East Tennessee media <laughs> mafia in line and, and uh, asked about about Coach Forbes. And to a person, they said, oh, my goodness, you're, you're getting a great one. Uh, and that's from folks not just there in Johnson City at East Tennessee, state but uh in knoxville as well and and talk to all those people about uh coach forbes and they they just really all of them to a person again just feel that that he's going to do a really 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 good job uh once he gets two or three uh players that can go and uh and and i have uh, every faith that he'll he'll do that in short order yeah certainly uh, has given pretty good early indications as well with a couple of the grad transfers he's already uh, mm-hmm. been able to uh, and transfers just in general that he's been able to uh, to land uh, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about your your personal journey you kind of touched on it uh, a little bit there but kind of tell your, your story of how you ended up you know being the voice of, of Wake Forest where, where you've been for I guess it's about to be 25 years now yeah year 25 coming up it's 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 starting to get crazy it doesn't feel like I've been calling college games for 40 years but I have I uh, got into it uh, my my ex high school football coach. Uh, when I all I ever wanted to do, first of all, Ryan was play ball. I mean, that's that's what I wanted to do. And and but but I had a right knee that, that just wouldn't cooperate. So when my aspirations of being a great college football player went down the drain, my high school coach kind of nudged me into the media as a way to stay close to, to what I loved. And and so I got some some real unbelievable quite honestly opportunities at a very early age I was a student at Tennessee but but calling college games at Carson Newman which is a smaller division two school but at my time calling Carson Newman games they won five national titles uh, went from there to Marshall uh, for four great years my first year there they won a national championship and and along the line met uh, Ben Sutton who was head of way back in the day ISB sports uh, the multimedia holder, which was kind of the, the front runner to Learfield IMG College now. And and Ben gave me the opportunity, along with uh, Ron Wellman, the athletic director at Wake, to to come on board back way back, my goodness, uh, 1996, when Tim Duncan was a senior. That kind of dates me for sure. Uh, but his senior year was my first year at Wake, and and so this will be uh, year 25 coming up. But it's, uh, 
it's been a, a great ride for me over the years, just uh, being able to, to stick close to sports and football and basketball and, and baseball. And, you know, it's not playing, but, but uh, I think it's probably the next best thing. And, and uh, hopefully I can continue to do this for a long time. It's certainly what I enjoy to do and can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, you know, when uh, I kind of got into broadcasting, it was the same, kind of along the same lines, except my dad, uh, except it happened a little earlier. My dad, when I was 10 years old, kind of broke it to me that I wasn't going to be the next Michael Jordan. So uh, <laughs> I decided I was going to, I needed to find another route. So uh, broadcasting just seemed to be the uh, the next, uh, there the you next go. best thing. Uh, but I guess, uh, you know, what's what's maybe uh, your favorite memory or some of your favorite memories uh, in your time at, uh, at Wake Forest? Wow. Well, you know, that first year, uh, you know, once I got the job with Wake, you know, with, with Tim Duncan there and, and coming up on his senior year, uh, there were so many of my buddies who were just sure that the Dicks were going to the Final Four and maybe have a chance, <laughs> you know, to win the national title. And so that that was going to be great. Didn't happen. Um, but being involved in that, that first ever, for me anyway, NCAA tournament back in 96-97 was, was awfully special. Um, in terms of, of football, you just can't get by the kind of year the Diggs had back in 2006. What a magical run that was to the ACC championship and to the Orange Bowl. And, I mean, you know, anytime you go to a football game and Arnold Palmer's on one side and Muhammad Ali's on the other, you know you're at a pretty big deal, right? And yeah. so that uh, that crazy season was, was very special to be a part of. And you know, Dave Clawson, his run now with four straight bowl games, I mean, you know, it's hard to win a college football game anymore. It really is. And the fact that uh, Coach Clawson's been able to get the Deeks uh, into these bowl games have, have been fun to be a part of and, and been very special in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've been, been able to be with uh, former Wake football coach uh, Jim Caldwell a little bit over the last few weeks and played uh, a round of golf or two with him and and we talked with great fondness about the Aloha Bowl back in uh, back in the day back in the late 90s when he took the Deeks there and his his son Jimmy Caldwell caught the the first touchdown pass uh, of that game so uh, you know and in basketball uh, just to be around coach Dave Odom and uh, wow Skip Prosser uh, was was such a sweetheart he really was and and was just such a incredible human being, number one, uh, and to have had the opportunity to be around him just period, not just because he was such a great basketball coach, but uh, just to, to know uh, a person like Skip Prosser makes you better. And uh, the, the fact that, that, that he passed away and died so suddenly was obviously a, a great tragedy to college basketball, to college sports. And Honestly, Ryan, I'm not sure that Wake Forest basketball has fully recovered from that yeah. uh, in, in, in some way. So, um, but, you know, Skip got the Deeks to uh, number one in the country and uh, Dino Gaudio was able to do that as well. So there've been a lot of highs in both uh, basketball and football that we've been able to uh, be a, a small part of on the radio network and wouldn't trade those things for, for anything and, and looking for more of those things to come in, in the years to come. Yeah, certainly. I uh, hope that's uh, hope that's the case, and hopefully we get back to uh, to those type of moments in sports, uh, particularly on Tobacco Road, uh, sooner rather than uh, than later. You know, we've been talking to uh, Stan Cotton, longtime voice of the Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons. Stan, I appreciate you uh, so much taking the uh, the time to to join us today. You bet, Ryan. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Anytime.
And that's good stuff from uh, Stan Cotton, the longtime voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. That'll do it for, uh, for this edition. Stay tuned. Another episode with another interview coming later this week on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.